I think it's misunderstood in a lot of ways. So what I wanted to kind of capture is the history, and then we'll fast forward and relate that to modern day and what that means to you, a real estate investor. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know, Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best of your listeners, and welcome back to the best real estate investing advice ever show. And we are here today with Travis Watts for the Actively Passive Investing Show. Travis, how are you doing today? Theo, doing great. Happy as always. Thrilled to be here. Perfect. Well, today we are going to be talking about a subject that I can tell Travis is very passionate about by his very detailed blog post that he wrote on stoicism. So the blog post is entitled Stoicism and Real Estate, How to Be a Stoic Investor. So if you haven't heard about stoicism already, that's totally fine. We're going to give you a rundown of what it is, modern day and ancient examples of who Stoics are. And then we're going to talk about how 
you can use these printables in your everyday life. So these are very practical things that you can do to become a better passive investor, but also just a better person as well. And so I'll let Travis take it away as always with why he wrote the blog post before getting into what stoicism is. Sure, Theo. Thank you. So I am excited about this topic, but I have to caveat something here, which is (laughs) kind of humorous. Back in elementary school and junior high and high school, I wasn't a great student. I didn't necessarily get bad grades. I just didn't really care about a lot of the subjects. And unfortunately, including history, which was a big mistake. But recently, I rewatched the film 300 about the Spartans, and it kind of reignited this interest in learning more about Rome and the Greeks and just kind of ancient Greece in general. That kind of led to refreshing myself on the movie Gladiator. And then one thing led to the next. I got real tied up in Stoicism, which is the topic of today got a couple books on the subject and I've just been immersing myself in this. And I feel like a junior high student again, (laughs) getting all excited about history and learning things for pretty much the first time, unfortunately. So that's kind of the backstory to this. This isn't my life study and I'm not a master historian, but this is just kind of the latest trend and fad that I'm on personally. So let's jump into really quick, just the high level of Stoicism and Stoics, because I think that word is still used fairly frequently today as far as the word Stoic, but I think it's misunderstood in a lot of ways. So what I wanted to kind of capture is the history, and then we'll fast forward and relate that to modern day and what that means to you, a real estate investor. So Stoicism was just basically an ancient philosophy. So not to be confused with a religion, but we're talking 2000 years ago. It was popular for several hundred years. And you have these philosophers, a few of the ones that come to mind that a lot of people will recognize would be Marcus Aurelius, uh, Roman emperor, Seneca, who was basically a wealthy advisor to Nero, another Roman emperor, and then Epictetus, who was a former slave who became a teacher later. And all of these were kind of your foundational Stoics, those preaching Stoicism. So that's kind of where I wanted to start this conversation and kind of what is Stoicism in a nutshell, besides just moral guidance and a personal development philosophy. It's a lot like the serenity prayer. So I brought that up just to share that because this kind of encapsulates the ideas of Stoicism all in one quick bunch, which is not in the blog post, by the way. So I have to reference this because unfortunately I'm not an AA, but it says, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. So I think from a fundamental level, what is stoicism? It's quite frankly that a lot of things, in fact, most things in life are not in our control. We have to learn to relinquish control to the things that we cannot change and put a vast emphasis on the things that we can control, which would be our behavior and the meanings that we give to different situations in life. And that's really the simplicity of it. We could go much deeper on that. We could talk a very long time about the intricate details. I could quote you a thousand different quotes, but basically... That's it in a nutshell. 
that's stoicism. Yeah, I remember when I had Coach Trevor McGregor, who's Joe's coach. Yeah. Uh, and he is a, a Tony Robbins certified life coach. And I guess I'm kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but you'll find a lot of similarities between what Tony Robbins, Coach Trevor talk about and what mm-hmm. Travis just said when it comes to things that you can and cannot control. And one of the things that I like a lot about this is that it can be applied to real estate, but also like a lot of things we talk about on this show. It can also be applied to your life outside of real estate too, whether it be when you're watching the news or any quarrels you're having with friends or family members. As you said in this blog post, this is not abstract. This is very practical. This is, as you have titled for your first bullet here, the art of the living. It's an art of of actually practically living in the world and not going crazy (laughs) while doing it basically. So I didn't realize that's what the serenity prayer was, but I think you have a quote in here somewhere about that. Yeah, that Bictitis quote about the chief task in life is simply this, to identify and separate matters so that I can say clearly to myself which are externals not under my control and which have to do with the choices I actually control. 100%, yeah. That's a great quote that's right to the point that encapsulates that idea. Also, to add on to that, the root, of philosophy, the two root words from the ancient Greeks. So philo meaning love and Sophia meaning wisdom. So basically the love of wisdom, essentially the love of knowledge and the art of living, which I talk a little bit about in the blog is kind of the core concept. So again, if we fast forward through modern day, we still have Stoics today. They may not formally study Stoicism, but they certainly share those characteristics. And in today's world, specifically about the United States, most of us are out pursuing money and income, which was the case back then, but is way more the case in modern day America. But the key is, it's not the love of money. It's to learn how to produce income. We can relate that to real estate or passive income or whatever you want to call it, and then use that to better your life and your circumstances to have that time freedom that we talk about. I know recently we talked quite a bit about the FIRE movement, financial independence, retire early. The whole core concept behind this stuff is to create a life of purpose, right? It's the art of creating a living and it's just to maximize what you want to have in this world. So everybody I can think of that's a modern day stoic is doing these things. So we can talk about a few much more modern examples, which would be use a couple presidents like George Washington was a Stoic, Teddy Roosevelt was a Stoic. And if you want to relate it to modern, modern day today, Tim Ferriss speaks a lot to Stoicism through his podcast and his books. He, in my opinion, would be a modern day Stoic. And even folks like Gary Vaynerchuk, he talks so much about tuning out the noise not paying attention to criticism from others, not taking it to heart when somebody is picking on you or bullying you. It's to shut it all out. All of that is out of your control, the opinions of others, and to hone in on your goals, your focus, your mission. Again, and to your point, Tony Robbins, of course. Tony, he takes a lot from the past and from history and from stoicism and relates and defines that into modern day. Did you have any thoughts on that section? I was going to jump into another quote here, but did you have anything? Uh, I'll let you do that quote first because it's probably the quote I was going to do. I bet. Okay. Gotcha. This is a Marcus Aurelius quote. Mm -hmm. I put this in the blog. So his quote is, 
We might not be emperors, but the world is still constantly testing us. It asks, are you worthy? Can you get past the things that inevitably fall in our way? Will you stand up and show what you're made of? That was a Marcus Aurelius quote. So if we think about that in terms of real estate, and again, I kind of recap this in the blog, but what came to mind when I read that is how so much is out of our control in real estate, especially in my experience when I was on the active side with tenants or late rent or water heater going out or an unexpected roof repair or a flood, so many things. And I remember how I personally would get so stressed over that. I would have constant anxiety. The more properties that I had acquired in the single family space, the more I was constantly thinking, God, I hope that tenant pays on time. I hope I chose some good tenant for that property. I hope that water heater lasts another year. I hope, I hope I, well, it's a bad strategy. I wish I had studied stoicism at that point because it's out of your control. Let it go. All you can really do is what I said earlier. You can control your behavior, your reactions, and place a meaning on things as they occur. And I think a lot of us, myself included, will struggle in life in general over things out of our control. We spend this time beating ourselves up in our head when in reality, most of those things never actually occurred. So that's kind of where this can help both on a personal side or as a parent, as a spouse, or as an investor, of course. So that's kind of what I go into in the midsection of the blog is relating some of these quotes to modern day real estate investing and personal stuff. Yeah, I think one thing that you also include in this section would be, I know Tony Robbins recommends this book, the Victor Frankl Man's Search for Meaning you said you recently read. Yeah. And then you mm-hmm. leave another quote a little bit later on about the average per capita income in the world is 10 grand. So, you know, reading Man's Search for Meaning, this guy's in a concentration camp, people around the world are making an average $10,000 a year. It kind of puts things in perspective when, as Travis says, you're worrying about oh, is my $500,000 rental property going to have a clogged toilet or something? (laughs) So I think stoicism also is about that as well, putting what you're going through into perspective and getting out of your own head. So that's kind of one thing I wanted to add. The other thing that you mentioned reminded me of a post that I wrote based off a conversation I had with, she's like a life coach basically. Mm -hmm. And she teaches other people how to overcome limiting beliefs and whatnot. And basically the idea is that you need to figure out why you are thinking about this certain situation the way that you are. So using Travis's toilets as an example, right? Why are you freaking out about the toilets? And then ask yourself if that story you're telling you is actually the truth or not. And so for your case, you said nothing actually happened to the toilet. Nothing has happened in this toilet yet. And so why am I freaking out about something that I really have no actual objective evidence to prove to be the case? And so you kind of talked about this at the bottom of that section about reframing the problem. And then you said, rather than just kind of reframing it with a true story, also reframe it. Because if you look at it and say, okay, well, it actually is true. Then rather than looking at it as something that's threatening to you, look at it as an opportunity to actually grow. And you gave some examples of that as well. Yep. 100%. And to piggyback on what you said about Viktor Frankl and Man's Search for Meeting, that book, it's really intense, first of all. It's not a book I would really say, hey, I highly recommend this book. It's kind of like that movie that Mel Gibson made many years ago, The Passion of the Christ. It's very intense. It's very violent. This is a true story. This is written by 
Viktor Frankl about his years in various concentration camps during World War II. His family was killed, his wife was murdered. So he's trying to find the meaning of life, man's search for meaning. So I put this in the book, spoiler alert, by the way, if you haven't read it, this is basically the answer that he concluded to. He says, in a sense, in a nutshell, here's the overarching idea. Everything could be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. And that's really what it was, is a constant mental reframing of the circumstances that were happening. We all know how horrific those circumstances were from documentaries and movies, but just imagine being immersed in the middle of that. So he had to create alternative meanings to all of this. And nobody could take that away from them. They could physically beat them up and harm them and put them in a cell, but nobody could take that freedom away. So again, it's not that Viktor Frankl necessarily was a studier of Stoicism. In fact, he never even mentioned it throughout the entire book, but that really resonates in the philosophy of Stoicism. So as Travis just said, as I said, looking at your current situation and comparing it to a situation like Viktor Frankl's or even people alive today or studying history and realizing how uncomfortable at least physically things were, I'll put things in perspective, but also you don't want to go overboard and get too lost in the conference, which is the next section. <laughs> this is something that I really like. I'm not gonna read the quote. It's a really long quote from Seneca. And he's basically talking to some guy and telling him that you need to go out and basically live like a bum. I don't think he says how often, but for three days, just be a bum basically to be more grateful for your current situation and not get accustomed to the comfort of your life. And this is definitely even more so true today, but this also kind of reminded me of something else that Joe talked about at the best ever conference. And he said that you need to have a thorn. So this is kind of taking this concept and applying it a little bit differently, but you need to have a thorn or a negative situation that either happened in your past that you use as inspiration or some sort of punishment you're going to give yourself if you don't accomplish your task. So for Seneca, it might've been, Hey, you have to leave your house and live on the streets for a week. For Joe, <laughs> I think he literally talked about grabbing poop with your hand and playing with it. And I was like, what are you talking about? But I understand what the point that he's trying to make is that that can either be a punishment or if you're unwilling to do something as seemingly gross, but kind of not that big of a deal as grab your own poop, then you're not going to be able to survive when the going gets tough. So lots of lessons there when it comes to what Joe said, and then what Seneca talked about, about living like a bum. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And I'm not going to go too much into I painted a few examples in my own story back in college. But when you learn how to live or survive, or in some cases, thrive off very little, it really does give you that positive perspective that what is it that you really need in this life? And again, modern Stoics, like I was listening to Tim Ferriss speak about exercises he puts himself through in similar ways, living on very little, or he went to, uh, where was it? Somewhere in Utah. And he put on these skin tight leotards with flowers everywhere. And he just went walking around the city center to put himself in a very uncomfortable situation where people would be making fun of him or laughing at him or starting conversations with him. Just ask him what he's doing, but it brings more humility to your life. And we can all get caught up 
in the comforts of life, the luxuries of life. And it's kind of a unique perspective because I took both routes. I took one out of necessity early on where it was $6 a day for food and crappy car. I drove around Florida with no air conditioning and sleeping on an air mattress and all these things, which was very minimal. But if I really think about it, I was generally very happy during that time. I had friends, I had family, I got out to do things. I was learning, I was exploring. It was a fun time. And to reflect back on that, it's like, I don't want those things today after having houses and fancy cars and all this stuff. But I fully recognize that if I had to, or if I chose to, I could learn to be happy again with those circumstances. And I think that's really key and fundamental, again, on a personal side to anxiety and stress. If you know that you can have very little, and I know we're not reading that long quote by Seneca because it is quite Mm -hmm. long, but what he's saying is basically live off stale bread and sleep on a mat on the floor for four days and ask yourself, is this as bad as it gets? Is this what I'm so fearful about? Is this the worst thing in the world? And the truth is, no, it's not. You can survive. Many people do. And to your point earlier that I put in the blog, the average individual worldwide income is 10,000 per year. So I talked to accredited investors all week long of all sorts in all different states, folks sometimes making millions of dollars per year. And a lot of them have some complaints. (laughs) There's a gentleman I was speaking to about a week ago. He was telling me how he was only pulling 600,000 a year from his business to live on and how it was a struggle and how he felt he really couldn't live on any less than that because he had been doing so for such a long time that he didn't feel he could really cut any corners in any possible way. And it's just interesting. It's not to judge anyone, but it's just that perspective that I think is useful to realize that, hey, you can survive on 50,000 a year if you had to. Exactly. Let me talk about this before, but it goes both ways. People survive off of $10,000 a year. People survive on way less than $10,000 a year and they're happy. They're fine. They might even be able to go a little bit lower, but there's other examples of people who make maybe 500 grand a year, a million dollars a year. And as we said, in one of other talks we did, they're living paycheck to paycheck. And so living paycheck to paycheck is going to be relative. It's not going to be once you surpass a certain dollar amount, you're never going to be living paycheck to paycheck again. And so as we have in this quote here from Epic Tedious wealth consists not in having great possessions, but in having few wants, which summarizes that very nicely. So Travis, is there anything else you want to mention about stoicism before we wrap up? No, there's so much more detail. This was like a four or five page blog. Check it out. The title is Stoicism and Real Estate, How to Be a Stoic Investor, which I know we didn't hit on a lot of those points. So check out the blog for more on that. Also to this last topic that we were just talking about, you and I discussed on a previous episode, check that out about high net worth frugality. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting to see so many billionaires and multimillionaires living the simple life, but being fulfilled and happy while doing so. So it's not all about Keeping up with the Joneses, great quote, as you mentioned by Epictetus about that. So no, that's it in a nutshell. I know we we stayed pretty high level, but The Daily Stoic is the book I'm reading right now. It's by Ryan Holiday. Mm -hmm. It's 366 meditations by the ancient Stoics and some modern day examples as well. And what's great is they'll give the quote and then they'll relate it to today's world or they'll explain exactly what they were meaning by that. So it's a very practical book. I'm listening to it on audio format, but reach out if I can be a resource in any way or point you to some additional resources. But thanks, Theo. Great topic. And that's all I got. 
Perfect, Travis. Well, thanks again for writing this blog post, sharing with us your wisdom on stoicism. So again, this blog post is Stoicism and Real Estate, How to Be a Stoic Investor. So check that out. Check out that book that Travis mentioned as well, The Daily Stoic. And thank you for tuning in. We will be back next week. Until then, have your best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks everyone. Thanks, Theo. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Bob Malecki and his team at Resolution Capital Management partner with individuals to invest in distressed residential mortgage notes. If you're interested in doing a joint venture with them, where basically you invest alongside with them and sharing a portion of the profits based on how well that individual project goes, then go to rcm.company forward slash JV. That's rcm.company forward slash JV.